0: Hey there friends, this is Karen Pennington, and I confess to you that I am a self-proclaimed jeepskate. I actually am not confessing that to you. I'm pretty proud of it. I, I wear that badge proudly. <laughs> my happy place, well, my biggest happy place is with the Lord among friends, among family, but beyond that, a clearance rack at a really good sale, like 90% off that kind of, I'm, I'm the one that'll dig and dig until I find that glory. I'm the one that might go to the grocery store at 5 36 a.m. because that's when the meats from yesterday are on sale and I just pop those babies into the freezer. We can eat for months off of off of that. Um, I will actually calculate how much I've saved in a day because I just get a sense of satisfaction. Seriously, my prime shopping months for Christmas are February and July because that's when everything goes on sale. I will just if it's a niece or a nephew or someone younger I will just buy the next size up and Christmas is, you know, done before Labor Day gets here, before I even have to put on a fall jacket. And I save lots of money that way. (laughs) But one thing I realize as I get older and older and older is there are some things that are worth paying for. In fact, sometimes by not paying that extra money for quality, I, I end up spending more. Probably the biggest example of this would be in the vehicles that we've bought one of my first vehicles that I bought when we were younger when I was pregnant with my daughter, I tell you how long ago that was uh, was it was a new car. It was last year's model, but it was new and it was very bare bones. We, we didn't pay a whole lot for it, but we did make that investment last year's model of the new car. Over the life of that vehicle, it was the cheapest vehicle we ever had. We had it for about nine and nine, nine and a half years. we were able to pay it off in four and a half years it was a fairly low cost because it was, you know, economy. And so for four and a half years, we had almost no problems with it. During the four and a half, four and a half years that we were paying for it, all we paid was that monthly, the monthly car payment, uh, which to me was, seemed ridiculous. Like, why wouldn't you buy it outright? But as that was happening, the car wasn't breaking down. We weren't paying for repair. The only, only real repair we paid for was, uh, Got a couple new batteries, got a couple new alternators, and oil change and brakes. That was basically it. Nothing else went wrong on this vehicle until nine years later we needed a new transmission. And knowing now what I did then, I would have just fixed the transmission for three or $400. It would have given us a few more miles. 250,000 miles that car went. And buying it new cost us less money over the next nine years then, for instance, what happened that year that we just bought old junkers? <laughs> Actually, two years. We were in a much more difficult financial state, so we were basically just buying what we could afford to get from here to there. We had, I think, eight cars break down on us in a year, and then we finally got one back. We were paying an average of five to $800 a month just to nurse this car along. Not because we wanted to, but because we didn't have the thousands of dollars it took to get another vehicle because we couldn't save it because we were paying $800 a month to just keep a car running and um, so yeah definitely (laughs) there are certain things that are worth paying top dollar for there are certain things that are worth paying everything for namely one thing. and that is anything that has to do with getting you in a closeness with God and your relationship with God, because you know what Jesus paid everything for you, and our everything is much less precious than His everything. Um, I'd heard a quote where God just wants everything from us, and that's not much because it's kind of like the difference between a toddler giving us all the money we ha- all the money they have, or a, maybe a four-year-old or five-year-old or six-year-old giving us all the money they have, which might be forty-seven cents. <laughs> As, oh, I'll do this, and as opposed to what we have, which would be exponentially more. um, That doesn't even compare to what we give God based on what he gives us. Uh, But the reality is anything that we give to the Lord comes back to us over and over and over again. And when we fully surrender to the Lord, that's the best value in life you can have because you get joy, you get peace. The fear can go away because you're worried about god and not you when we give our fears to him then we lose our fears when we give our faith to him then we get back more faith see everything bad that we give him he can erase from us everything good that we give him comes back upon us multiple times over and then even in the trials when we give our trials it's like the blessings collect interest in the midst of the trials and um there's so many examples there's some examples in the bible of people who did that and were faithful and there are also lots of examples who of people who didn't or who maybe even just had a momentary lapse and i just want to share proverbs 4 7 it says get wisdom though it costs you all you all you have get understanding now wisdom here is not just uh knowing facts and figures that's easy that's here and there, you can write it down. You can look at it, and there's not a problem with knowing the facts and figures. Uh, but it's what you do with them. Wisdom has to do with having the right understanding to make the right decisions. It's wisdom is really more about good judgment and good judgment that overflows from a heart that's in tune with the Lord. Now, Judges has some examples of very, very good leaders. Um, you know, I'm parked in my heart right now is parked in the Book of Corinthians and Judges as I'm reading through that. Uh, probably over the next few weeks, and uh, there was one particular, there were, there were a few judges that were just not good. They had the power, they had the knowledge, they knew how to do a few things, but some of them just really didn't get it straight. And one of the judges in Israel, his name was Jephthah, um, and he loved his family, he loved his daughter. Only daughter was the only child. I My daughter's an only child, so I get that. And even more so, Jephthah was a... Uh, he was a son of someone named Gideon, but he'd been a son through a illegitimate means, not through the wife. And so his brothers and sisters did not receive him. They actually cast him out. And... Yeah. Um, they also cast out God and did some bad things. And so once again, the Israelites turned against the Lord and they were given over to the hands of their enemy because that promised land was supposed to be people who served the Lord, not people who did whatever they wanted. So, And so they cried out to God again and they repented again. And God had compassion on them again and had this guy Jephthah. Um, now Jephthah valued family probably... Because he didn't—it's not that he didn't have one; his own had rejected him, but they realized he was a good warrior, so he had that. And they said, "Come, rule over us. We promise we'll let you back in the family. Do this." And so Jephthah said, "So if I win, I get to rule you, right?" And they said, "Yes, we, we promised promise before God." And all of his brothers or stepbrothers or half brothers were saying, "No, no, no, we'll receive you back." So, so in Jephthah's mind. Um, <clears throat> Victory wasn't just victory. It was victory. Great. It was great for the Israelites. And then he not only got to be accepted by this family had rejected him, but he got to rule them. So there was a lot at stake here. But he paid too much for it. That's I, I, I get that. There's something that's important to us, and then we forget what's most important, and going for the lesser thing of lesser importance, the thing that seems to mean so much to us right now. I go for something greater and so here's what it said jephthah and this is uh judges eleven thirty. and jephthah made a vow to the lord if you give the ammonites into my hands whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when i return and triumph from the ammonites will be the lord's and i will sacrifice it as a burnt offering now obviously jephthah was some sort of a farmer so he probably sounds weird to me but had animals coming in and out of his house all the time not a whole lot of people living there so he's probably like great goat bull i mean not guessing a bull walked in and out of his door probably a goat ram rabbit pigeon chicken something like that um but a few verses later verse 34 when jephthah returned to his home in mitzvah who should come out to meet him but his daughter dancing to the sound of tambourines She was an only child. Ouch. I know the sting of feeling like I paid too much for something that I thought was of value. It wasn't as much value as I thought. But my only child... feeling the heartbreak when he saw her he tore his clothes and cried oh my daughter you've made me miserable and wretched because i've made a vow to the lord that i cannot break and bless her heart that daughter said okay take me dad you said you'd do it just give me a couple months give me a couple months to mourn because i haven't gotten to live my life That decision, that lack of wisdom, didn't. I mean, it cost his daughter his life. It cost him his daughter. The joy. The one who always did just receive him and accept him. I can't imagine what it did to his relationship with his wife. I don't know. With my car, with our cars, it was more expensive not to pay the higher price for the thing that met the need. Wisdom. It seems to be a matter of choice. Will you pay everything to get wisdom or will you pay everything not to have it? Either way, our life will run out. Either way, our resources will deplete. Either way, hard things will happen. But do we want the return that comes when we're willing to willingly lose our life so that we can gain it? Or do we want to hold on to these things that we think matter? I know I still struggle with that. I know there are projects I have There are relationships I want to maintain, there are people I don't want to offend, there are jobs I've wanted to keep and it's so hard because I know even in the church I have done some hurtful things because of misguided leaders that I felt like I needed to follow what they said knowing knowing that what they were saying was hurtful that's hard because I, you know, I want to follow the authority. I want to do it. And it's hard sometimes to know at what point do you stand up and say, this is not what God is wanting. This is causing me to go against my ultimate leader. In society, it's sometimes hard because you're supposed to follow the leaders. But um, when it comes to gathering, when it comes to worshiping, when it comes to where you're making your vows, sometimes there's this gray area where supposed to follow your leaders uh, but is this really honoring God at this point and see that's why wisdom so valuable and we only get it from one place we only get it from one place I'm always going to be a cheapskate I'm always going to enjoy the clearance sale I'm always going to shop the low discount racks and the stores and I'm always going to scavenge and scour and Try to get it for as little as I can, as much as much as I can. But I don't want a cheapskate faith. I don't. I can't afford not to. Ha- I can't afford to have it. I can't afford not to have the God is the most valuable thing in my life. <coughs> Neither can you, Lord Jesus. Forgive us. Forgive us for cheapening your grace by putting so many things in front of what you have for us. forgive us for those lapses, Lord. Most of us haven't sacrificed our own children in the fire, but some of us have sacrificed our children on the altar of workaholicism or of religious spirit or of self-indulgence. Sometimes we want so badly to be their friends that we stop being their parents and their protectors and providers. Forgive us for that, Lord. Forgive us for not paying the price and it costs for wisdom as the great investment, Lord Jesus. Give us your wisdom. We know you have it for us. Help help us to open our ears and our hearts, not just in the big things, but in the everythings and how we speak to people on a daily basis and how we wake up and what we put into our body, what we put into our mind, Lord Jesus. We know that you're the source of all wisdom and love and we trust you. And today we lean into you and say, come, Lord Jesus, fill us. And give us a hunger for more of you. Because I believe in that. That hunger for you is about the ultimate wisdom we have. Because we know when we hunger for you, you thirst us. And then we don't need to have the things that aren't of you. Amen. Be blessed, my friends.